This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. So what makes it so good? It's because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go. Plus, it's in a clear view bag. That way you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you don't see it, be sure to ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? What's more exhausting, questions about his distance or questions about his weight gain? Probably questions about his distance. First two questions I got my press conference at the Masters were about him. So you can look at it two ways. It's one, is, is he changing the game that much where, you know, he's all everyone's talking about? Or two, am I clearly not playing well enough where nobody wants to ask me about what I'm doing? <laughs> Hey now, what's going on? Welcome to episode 152 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. And as always, I am pumped that you're here and very appreciative of all the support. By total coincidence, we are going back-to-back with PGA Championship winners from the 95 champ in Steve Elkington last week to the 2017 winner in Justin Thomas this week. Now, I've talked to JT in the jungle in the past, so I can't wait to do it right here on the pod. He had his best showing ever at Augusta. He finished fourth, so we're going to talk about that, of course. And we'll get into what it was like to play at the Masters in November, his friendship with the cat, and what the immediate and long-term future hold for him. Lots to get to, so let's not waste another second. Episode 152 with Justin Thomas starts right now. Justin, it's been a minute or so, so it's really, really good to have you on the pod. Thanks for doing this. Let me ask you, Augusta National in November is obviously a really different deal, really unusual, but at the same time, on the outside looking in, it seems sort of cool, kind of different. What was the experience like for you overall? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on, but it was, uh, yeah, it was very different. I think not having any crowds was was in so, so weird and so different. I think that the Masters and Augusta is known for kind of having that buzz and, and having those roars uh, throughout the course and, you know, not having that this year was, was bizarre to be perfectly honest, but the golf course obviously played much easier, much softer and slower. Um, but, you know, being in November, we knew that that was going to be that way. And we're just, uh, we're lucky we didn't get any cold days. It wasn't too, uh, wasn't too chilly. So that was nice. All right. Now you said it yourself yet you far from your best stuff out there, but that said, how pleased were you to grind out a fourth place finish your best in five starts at the masters? 
Yeah, yeah, I was pleased. I, I would have liked to have a lot better chance on Sunday. I mean, I, you know, I had an unrealistic chance, or you know, somewhat of a chance, but not really going into uh, the Sunday. I mean, DJ's someone that's hard to hard to chase down. Um, you know, when he's playing that well and and getting off to a poor start, I kind of shot myself in the foot there. But it is nice. I mean, I I I know that golf course very well, and I I truly feel like I've been that way the last couple of years. It's just kind of been about execution and. Um, you know, I felt like I obviously got off to a lot better start this year than I have in the past, but that's, uh, you know, we, we don't go there to finish fourth place. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll keep getting better and, um, and have a little bit better result in April. Hey, listen, that's the thing though. I mean, you are getting better every single time you go there and I'm not being flip when I say this, but at least again, from the outside looking in, it seems like you're pretty comfortable there. Do you think it's just a matter of time before you add that green jacket to your wardrobe? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say that because you know you only get one shot out of the year, and um, but I know I'm very very confident that I'm going to win there at some point in my career, and hopefully it happens soon, and hopefully it happens often. But at the same time, I don't know if it ever will. That's the thing about this sport. But uh, no, I, I'm very very comfortable in the golf course. I, I feel like I know how to play really well. Um, but even if you know how to play it and you know where to hit it, you need to be able to execute and and hit the shots when you need to, especially on the weekend, and um, and make some putts when you need to. And that's something that I haven't done too much in the past. But, um, you know, we're going to keep working on it, and we'll be ready once we're teeing it up in April. You say you get to run that thing back in just five months. You know, when you look at the big picture, like that 30,000-foot kind of thing, you're 27, and you've already – I mean, you're going up against yourself more than anything else, but you've already essentially had a career that most other guys would kill for. I mean, you've got 13 tour wins. You ripped the PGA Championship. You're a two-time player of the year. You're a former world number one. You've got the FedEx Cup. Like, are you pretty much where you thought that you would be at this juncture of your career? Or on some level, did you expect even a little bit more? Uh, I never really had – I don't think it's necessarily – it's a little bit of both, not really one way or the other. I mean, I, I've never – put a ceiling or a limit on I feel like things I can accomplish you know I understand in this sport that you very easily could you know have a year like I did last year where I you know I could play well and kind of you know I had a little bit of a freak injury there and and just had a year where things didn't go my way and I I was you know three events away from not winning the entire season but um and then next thing you know I got hot and and you know won three times in a span of you know four months or whatever it was so it's like I know that I, I'm capable of achieving a lot. I feel like a lot better and, and bigger things in the sport, but I also understand that, uh, you know, there's only one winner every week, and, and it's it's very, very difficult to win on tour. But um, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and try to just keep improving every single year and feel like, uh, you know, we don't really need to put a, a limitation on things that we can accomplish. You know it. You can only control what you can control, and you're focused on Mm -hmm. you. Let me ask you about Tiger, and I bring that up because I know that you grew up idolizing Tiger. Now you and he are pretty tight. Obviously, when you're on the course, you're looking to kick each other's ass, and I say that respectfully. Mm -hmm. Yet, while you were focused on what you had to get done last week, what did you think when you saw him roll out after really not playing that much this year, and when he did play, he didn't play especially well, and he dropped that first round 68 last week? What did you think when you saw that? I mean, I knew it was going to happen. It's it's not Augusta is a, is a weird place that if you know how to play it, you can get around there with with not your best stuff. I mean, I, I would say that Tiger's won that tournament with with not playing great, to be honest. And um, I'm sure Jack had done in the past. And I mean, you look at guys like Phil. You know, there's been weeks and years where he 
he can't hit it on the planet or he's not playing well, then he gets to Augusta and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, he's found his game. But first off, you know, bring a little bit more out of certain players, but also, I mean, he knows how to play that golf course. Um, You know, you can, I mean, I I don't know what year it was, but he hadn't basically played golf in six or seven months, I want to say, you know, sometime in the, in the eight to 10 year ago range. And he went there and I think he had a chance to win. And it's not a coincidence. Obviously he's an unbelievable player and, and one of the greatest ever to play, but um, you could put him in Augusta national and, and he'll find a way to, to be in the hunt at some point over four days. Did you know that a fire department responds to a fire every 24 seconds? That's scary, but that's true. So we have teamed up with First Alert, the most trusted brand in fire safety, to help you prepare for the unexpected and to review some key safety tips. Smoke and carbon monoxide alarms can help provide an early warning in the event of a home emergency. Having enough First Alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the very best things that you can do to protect your home and your family. What you want to do is install alarms on every single level and in every bedroom of your home. Once those alarms are installed, it's then important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. Remember, alarms do not last forever. They do have to be replaced at least every 10 years. And if you can't remember the last time you replaced yours, it's best to replace that unit completely. My recommendation, first alerts combination smoke and carbon monoxide alarm with a 10-year sealed battery. The alarm provides two-in-one protection, and I don't have to worry about changing out that battery for a decade. Lastly, make sure you take time to discuss home safety with your family. Plan and practice an escape route, and remember to practice it at least twice a year so you are ready. And for more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at home with your family, go to firstalert.com slash month. firstalert.com slash Fire Prevention Month. Listen, if you were to go back, Justin, to say December 2019, and you're playing with Tiger in the President's Cup, and you drain that unbelievable walk-off 20-foot birdie to win the match and the point for Team USA, I mean, the putt was clutch as hell. The celebration was even better. You drop the putter, you slap your chest, you shout at Tiger, I love me some me, before giving him a big old bear hug. What do you remember about that moment? Um, I, it, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, I, I remember that it was the only putt that I asked him to read uh, the entire time we were partners, and he, he always makes sure to remind me of that and how he always says that he carried my ass for, for two days. But I, I make sure to remind him that he was one putt away from having one less win on the uh, win column. So I have to make sure to to remind him that. But, no, it was it was really cool. Um, I just remember in my head after getting the read that all I was doing is I've I've made big putts before. I've hit, you know, this is what I've practiced for, and, I just wanted to hit it with good good speed and give it a chance to to go in. And once it was kind of halfway, it was on the line that we had both pictured, and um, and it started going down there. And I was like, wow, this thing actually might go in the hole. And then with about a foot or two left, it it looked like it could miss. And then when it went in, it was just kind of surreal. And and uh, yeah, it just kind of went unconscious from there. You dudes crack me up the way you guys talk shit to each other like that. That's kind of <laughs> funny. I wish I could be there for when it really happens. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Like, you're your own guy, clearly. But I remember watching that, and I remember thinking to myself, man, that is some Anthony Kim shit right there. And I say that when I say, like, Anthony Kim is one of my favorite athletes ever. I just love this guy's swagger and his attitude. Like, when you were coming up, what did you think, or did you think about Kim at all and his attitude and his fearlessness on the track? 
Uh, you know, I, I didn't just because I he's someone for even his age. I, I've never met him. I've never played with him. I obviously have watched him on TV and, and seen him play in tournaments, but I've never had any experience being around him. So um, I, I probably was more relating to Tiger when I was growing up and playing. Um, I would have loved to be around uh, AK and, and watch him play because everybody has told me how unbelievable he was and how how good he was, but also just, yeah, he kind of had that DJ, that, you know, that tiger swag, just walking around kind of knowing how good he was um, without being cocky or arrogant. And uh, that's something that's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do, but uh, when you have it, it's, it's a pretty fun thing to have. I think that's kind of funny like that. I'm not surprised to hear you say that you've never really like spent any time with him. Like that dude is so mysterious. Like he's like a mm-hmm. ghost. He's like a ghost. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Like I'm not going to hammer away at this. And I know our time is really limited, but if, if I were to ask you about Bryson DeChambeau, I just want to ask you this. What's more exhausting, questions about his distance or questions about his weight gain? Um, probably questions about his distance. I mean, it's – yeah, I mean, the first question I got in my press conference – or the first two questions I got in my press conference at the Masters were about him. So, you know, that you can look at it two ways. It's one, is, is he changing the game that much where – you know, he's all everyone's talking about, or two, am I clearly not playing well enough where nobody wants to ask me about what I'm doing? Yeah, I don't think it's that. <laughs> I don't think it's that. Um, but it, no, it's, I mean, I, I'm the first to admit that I was, I was wrong in, in all of this when he was doing it. I didn't think it was very smart. I didn't think it was a good thing to do. I thought he was going to hurt himself and wasn't going to be playing good golf. And I've never seen anybody transform their body like that. I mean, he is huge and he is hitting it so far. And, but, he's winning tournaments and he's, and he's contending, but uh, I've said it before, you know, he's doing that because he's a really, really good putter as well. He doesn't just hit it far. He puts the crap out of it. And, you know, if you're hitting it 390 down the middle of every fairway and you're making some putts, it's going to be pretty hard not to win, to be honest. <laughs> no, hundred percent. You know, I'm just kind of curious, like he's a really high level performer like yourself and a high level athlete. Like I'm just a guy behind a mic, but I think about these things all the time. Like what he did was he went into the pandemic and to your point, completely transformed his body. Like I thought the whole mm-hmm. thing is you're supposed to get, no matter what you do in any walk of life, you get a little bit better every single day, but is there yeah. some other angle? Like, can you shock the system? Can you make dramatic improvements in whatever you do, even as a high-level athlete, in a short period of time? Is that possible? To an extent. I mean, my, my number one goal when I'm training is to to remain injury-free and be able to play as long as I possibly can. I mean, that's the, the number one thing that I'm doing. I mean, I've, I've been trying to put muscle on. I've been trying to put weight on. Um, and I, and we've done it smartly and, and gone about it in a way where we know I'm not going to hinder any of my, you know, any of my play and, um, and cause any injury. But my – I understand you don't have to be big and jacked or, or whatever in golf. And, yeah, it's fun to hit the ball far, but – I mean, I I know my limitations and I know what I need to do to become a very, very dominant player. And, you know, me weighing 200 pounds is not that. So uh, (laughs) that's just the way that we look at it. And, um, you know, everyone's going to have a different different method or thought behind it. But, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what what I've been doing and what our team's been doing to, uh, you know, to just keep trying to win tournaments 100 percent. listen you can do some things that 
can't be taught. You can do some things that other guys will never be able to do on or off the course. I'll give you an example. I've said this a few times on my show. Not that you would ever need to, but no one is going to be a better analyst when they're done swinging the bats than you (laughs) if you want to. Now, for instance, you made the match two and medalist watchable, which was damn near impossible. You were the best part of the Payne Valley Cup in September. Most guys, it seems to me, either choke up or force some really bad groaners when they're on a hot mic. Not you. Man, you're talking shit, you're cracking jokes, you're ripping on Tiger for not helping you with a shot, you're getting after Charles Barkley, which is never the best thing to do. Most guys want nothing to do with the mic or a camera pointed at them, but for you it's effortless. Is it just that easy, or do you actually like it? Um, I mean, it's both. The thing is, is I'm not, I mean, anybody that knows me knows I'm not being any different than I always am. I mean, I, I have some of my closest friends that I play golf with here every day that they that I've probably gotten a little too personal some days or I get a little bit aggressive and in, in the stuff that I'm saying to him when we're out having a match. And, you know, sometimes they'll have to just be like, dude, like that's you not know, cool. Like after we play that night, like, you know, that's, that's it kind of like not hurt my feelings, but it's, and I'm like, dude, like if you don't want to play, then don't play. Like I'm out here to have fun. And I'm also out here to talk some trash. Like it's, we're grown men out here. And if you can't handle it, then don't play golf with me. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm not saying anything personally toward you. It's just, look, if we're having a competition, I don't care if it's $10 or 10 grand, I'm going to want to beat you and I'm going to do anything I can to try to get in your head. And, uh, you know, when I'm out there commentating, I'm just trying to have fun with the guys. But, but I'm also, I mean, calling golf is something, calling golf shots as I see them is something I do. It's not, obviously don't do it on TV with the mic in my hand, but, you know, I'm calling my own golf shots or, or calling what I see from other people. Um, to, to do that was not – it wasn't terribly difficult. The hardest part was just understanding all the behind-the-scenes stuff and knowing when to talk and when not to talk. But, no, I mean, if you give me a, a hot mic, um, you know, I might say some things that are a little bit iffy, but I'm definitely going to have fun with it. Right. See, that, that's good. That's smart. You don't want to overthink it. Like all that broadcast stuff you talked about, you'll learn that if, if that's what you want to do. That's easy to learn. And then the biggest thing is, you know, because you're, you're kind of a younger guy, and I've learned this coming up, you just have to know your room. Right, you have to know your room. Mm-hmm. Like I can say "fuck" right here, but I can't do it during my daily show. You just have to know who you're talking to and when you're talking to. That's the only thing. Yeah, I mean, for the match, it also helped that you know I had about as as good of a set as you could have. I mean, BA and and, and Charles are just talking it up, and Trevor talking on the golf course, and then you got Tiger and Phil. Phil will talk to a wall if if you know if it'll stay there for him, and then. <laughs> You know, Peyton was, it seemed like, talking to himself and everybody else. And then TV, whenever he could get his mic going, he was talking as well. So, I, for the most part, I just had to stay out of the way. And I'm fortunate to where I know all those guys well enough to where I did. I felt like I could give them some grief and, and make fun of them when they had bad shots or whatever it was. So, uh, the, the crew definitely, and like you said, the room, you have to understand it. But when you're with people like that, it makes it so much easier. So, JT, really quickly then, what if that's the case, and I, I get that, I believe that, where does Nick Saban fit into all this? He had this great college career at Alabama. He <laughs> likes to get out and swing the bats a little bit. Do you, does he get the same treatment as the rest of them, or do you afford him a level of respect? Or if he's out there and he picks up a bat, are you out there to kick his ass too? No, yeah, we're, we're the same exact way. You know, he, he's got everybody in Tuscaloosa that would do absolutely anything and everything for him. And not that I wouldn't, but I'm not going to go out there and kiss his ass. I'm going to go out there and have fun with him. And I think that's why we get along so well. You know, he, he has no shame in telling me how I, how it is. And I, I'm not going to tell him about his profession in any way, but if we're out on the golf course and 
I made fun of his chipping to his face before, and I have no problem with that. But no, he's um, he's just like the rest of us. You know, he likes to talk trash and, and have fun. It just uh, it's all the, the only time anybody ever sees him is when he's all business on that football field. So, do you own or rent your home? Sure, you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy, though? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It is such a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. So go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Appreciate the time. This is great to get caught up. You know, you mentioned like some of the guys that came before you. You mentioned Jack. I don't know if you have any connection to this guy, but I want to drop one more name on you. This is a really big Steve Elkington house. And I mentioned Elk because he and I have been talking shit and chopping it up on the air, on the road, in the studio. Like to give an example about this guy, I don't know how much you know about him, but I did a show in Houston, you know, like literally 20 years ago at Enron Field. He went to the top of the concourse. He dressed up like Mrs. Doubt fire because he wanted to mock Colin Montgomery. Dude, he was hitting shots onto the field. I mean, who does something like that? Steve Elkington. So he's got these strong opinions, strong takes. He likes strong liquor. I bring this up because Mm -hmm. he loves you. He loves your game. He says things like, JT's a gamer. JT is a golfer's golfer. One of the few dudes who actually loves it. He's a lifer. He says, like, if you, if he still was out there in your generation, you and Spieth and Ricky are the guys he'd be running with. Like, he's all in on you have you ever spent any time with him at all do you know him at all i know him a little bit yeah we've probably just had more communication through texting or um or whatever it might be but it, i haven't spent like a lot of time just one-on-one or like dinner or anything like that with him um, and we obviously have a lot of mutual friends but yeah no he, he's been he's been great and i know that he is he's very similar to me to where he's not going to give you the you know the pc answer just to you know, you're not necessarily going to start controversy, but it's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be the person, and I never have been in a press conference to to say what's going to please everybody. You know, if someone's going to ask me a question, I think they deserve to hear what I honestly think or what I think is going on. And you know, he's the same way, especially on on social media. I remember when I when I looked at it a lot more is that you know, if you ever wanted to see some some hot takes or or uh, you know maybe some some raunchy stuff, Elk would always get in there and get in people's grills and. You know, he was never scared to to say what was on his mind. And, um, I mean, he's obviously was a great player and accomplished a lot. So he's, I would say he's earned that right. I appreciate that response. So you do know Elk. You know him well enough. Hey, listen, Justin, I would say to you, don't change. Don't ever change, but I know you won't, which is the best thing, the best thing of all. It is so good to get caught up with you, man. I appreciate you making time for the pod. Like I said, it had been a minute or two, but so good to get caught up. Thanks so much for doing that. Yeah, man, absolutely. Good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk soon. We've all said it. We've all thought it. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Listen, don't kid yourself. There is no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you have used any of these excuses, any of them, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2018, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. 
no matter what kind of a vehicle you do drive. Wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. And that goes for when you ride in taxis and you use ride-sharing services too. Cops are always on the lookout. They're writing tickets. Why would you take that risk? Seatbelts save lives. So do the smart thing. Buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. An enormous thanks to Justin Thomas for swinging through the side hustle. I already can't wait till the next time we can chop it up. Speaking of next time, make sure you get subscribed so you do not miss a single future episode because next week I've got Jim Gray coming through with a really compelling conversation on some remarkable behind-the-scenes stories from his 43-year career interviewing some of the biggest names in the game. I would tell you to look for it, but you don't have to if you're already subscribed. If you're not, go ahead and do so right now. Do that. I will see you next Wednesday. And until then, here are your voicemails. First new message. Jim, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. I'm calling in here to talk about the Steve Elkington podcast. That was fucking awesome, dude. That guy brought it. You could bring Elk on once a month to just talk about the PGA Tour. I'd love to hear him break down all the tournaments. The way he talked about Bryson DeChambeau's swing was incredible. This guy, you know, is hilarious, but the the insight this guy has into all these players out on the tour, he still has great access and great insight to who's really playing good. I thought it was a fantastic interview. Maybe have him guest host sometime. It'd be a pretty interesting time. So thanks again, Rome. I'm out. Message saved. Next message. Yo, pimp in the box, Van Snagger, good break from the Bay. I don't know what the fuck, man. Jimmy G's got to go. My Niners, fuck. We hurt. Man, this sucks watching these other three bum-ass teams in the NFC West run through the division like this. This is garbage. Still, straight up Niners. Somehow we're going to get back in this and win the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. When we win it, Jim, I want you to hear me. We're going to win it somehow this year. Fuck that. Message saved. Next message. Jim Rome, Dan in South Bend. How about them Cardinals? It's Uncle Karma's alive and well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, did Dr. Day prescribe those Bears jerseys? What was that? I love the new Kings retro jerseys in hockey. Sorry, Bella B. I like the Flames jerseys, but you got to admit, L.A. jerseys are better. Out. Message deleted. Next message. This is Darren Kuna. War Steve motherfucking Elkington. He's the man. War Veterans Day, I'm out. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, GMA. It's Dr. Dave. It was great having Tom Allen on last week. He is jungle gold. IU needs that karma against Ohio State this week so they can go to the national title game. But all I have to say after Sunday is, fuck you, DeAndre Hopkins. Go Bills Mafia. We'll make it back. Later, fuckers. Message deleted. Next message. Rome, just listen to the Mark Madsen podcast. I'm from Southern California. Me and my boys went to school up in Utah. Always been a big Mad Dog fan. In college, when he was with the Bucks, I sat next to him at a BYU football game. I asked him to sign my ticket stub, and he said no. He asked me to send anything he wanted to the Milwaukee Bucks office, and he would sign it and return it to me. And I thought that was kind of bogus. I was about 25, 26 in, but I'm 41 now, and I realized that's probably up in his personal space. He wasn't about that, so I respect it. But after hearing your conversation with him, hearing him speak about the GOAT, Kobe, it reset everything, and I'm, I'm back on the wagon. I'll be cheering for Mad Dog. I'll be cheering for the UVU boys. It's just good to know that he's a good dude. Peace. Message saved. Next message. 
Okay, FC, you sucked it out of your ass and you won. We'll see you in the Rose Bowl, my alma mater, Iowa Hawkeyes. What happened last time? Oh, really? Oh, wow. We'll see you in the Rose Bowl, bitches. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, Justin, and Melbourne, man. Just finished my 50th ride on the Peloton. I mean, now I'm only doing 20 to 30-minute rides, so I'm here to give you some bleeping credit. I mean, for real, dude, you're going 60 minutes on this thing? I mean, Jim, YDM. You the man. Message saved. Next message. I'm sorry, my bad. Message deleted. You have no more messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.